What is going on? Episode 32 of the SWAT podcast. Maurice Jones Drew, baby. Okay, that is not the name I thought you were going with. (laughs) Two teams passed on me, including the team that drafted me. So I'm going to wear number 32. Well, that's the max number of teams. Yep. It means that everyone passed on him. So at least a once. second rounder? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what round he went in, but I know it's not the first. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look it up real quick. That is not the name I thought you were going with. <laughs> I he threw was a curveball. Pick 60. Okay, so he was a late two yeah. to Jacksonville back in the Dizay. Yeah, he was good, man. Mm-hmm. Of course, second round. Were those the Byron Leftwich years? Or the David Gerard years? Yeah. 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 Around then. 06 is when he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maurice Jones Drew. That's the, that is the first name that always comes to mind when I think of number 32. Wow. Because man. of that story. 32 teams passed yeah. on me, including the Jags. It's memorable. What do you, Okay. So, so who did you think I was going to say? Okay. I thought for sure you were going with Josh Hamilton. Nah. He wasn't here long enough. I mean, like, great. But he's local. Greatness at all, like, definitely. But when I think of the Rangers, I don't think of Josh Hamilton. Well, I think of 32 immediately just because he was here. Yeah. That's really it. Okay. Like, I would have thought of Maurice Jones-Drew if I lived in Florida. Mm. No, I think of Maurice Jones-Drew because of the story. But here's also why I think of Josh Hamilton. Who's the other athlete that looks just like him? Like, they could be brothers. Who? Because he also wore number 32 with the Clippers. Blake Griffin. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know. I don't think they I don't think they look alike. Their face and their hair is identical. One's just about seven inches taller than the other. I don't know, man. They he looks just like Josh Hamilton to me. I'm not I'm not buying it. I'll have to see a side by side. It's it's like you and the survivor guy. No. Because yeah. that dude like actually was a different <laughs> life. Like, what was his what was his name? I always forget his name. Sir Spencer Spencer uh, Spencer Spencer. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so I just did a Google search. All I did was type in Blake Griffin, Josh Hamilton. Yeah, and the, the first picture to pop up says, "Not sure if Josh Hamilton or Blake Griffin." All right, turn your computer around. <laughs> Come on, I don't. I don't see it. I'm, but I'm not the only one out there. I mean, I guess if you if you take the skin tone out of it, sure, right? Yeah, maybe a little, but still, like the hair and the, the I don't facial know, hair, I the don't, face. I don't see it. It's it's there. Don't worry. It's if, there. If that's the best comparison photo that they have, it's a weak comparison. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm saying I'm not the only one out there. Hmm. There's a lot of crazies. But that's why I think of them. Because Did we they're... also fake the moon landing? TBD. <laughs> Tabled out. Tabled there's there's going to be people who watch Elon Musk physically put a human being on Mars and say it's fake. You never know. I just, like, man. You never know. CGI. CGI. <laughs> they were ahead of their time in 1969. They actually were, though, legit. Like 20 years ahead of their time. You want another number 32? It's even better than those three. Than Josh Hamilton and Blake Griffin? Yeah. Well, there isn't one better than Maurice Jones Drew. He's bigger, better, and all over Twitter. Hit me. OJ. (laughs) (laughs) The goat of 32s. (laughs) 
I'm too I'm too disappointed to actually have a comment on that. Oh, apparently Magic Johnson wore 32 also. Showtime. I guess that's kind of a big one. Man, there's some big 32s. For a random number, really. Jim Brown. I, like, I was trying to think of running backs, and yeah. that's why I thought of OJ. What is this? Go away. Uh, Jim Brown, Magic, Julius Irving, Sandy Koufax, Ooh. Shaq, Steve Carlton. These are all like Hall of Hammers. Oh, God. The Big Diesel wore 32 for oh. every team? Uh, at least, oh well, yeah, a few of them at least. Hmm. Phoenix and uh, and uh, the Lakers for sure. Or Lakers? Wait, could he have worn it for the Lakers? Dude, I don't know. If Magic wore it for the Lakers, I don't know. Now I gotta know. Shaq, thirty-four with the Lakers. That's what I thought. Is I was like. You said Shaq at 32. I'm like, I don't... That doesn't feel right. But he wore it with the Magic first in the league. Mm. Then he went to it with the Suns and the Heat. Okay. So it's probably the number he wanted to wear, but he couldn't wear it in LA. Okay, Steve Carlton. (laughs) Carl Malone. The guy who impregnated a 13-year-old. The postman? Yeah. Yeah, we don't don't talk about that. No, we do. Okay, he he went on to be an NFL guard. Tackle something? Carl Malone? No, his <laughs> kid that he had was a 13-year-old. Oh, yikes. Dave Winfield, Marcus Allen. Wow. Oh, there's OJ. <laughs> that is, dude, this is a good list. That was a good list. Jason Kidd, apparently, with the Suns. <laughs> okay. He's uh, number five. Franco Harris. Wow, yeah, that's a good list. Why is 32 so relevant? I don't know. Okay, now we're getting into some Okay, what number people. did Bo Jackson wear at Auburn? Thirty. Because if it's thirty-two, this is the goat number. But him and Marcus Allen couldn't have shared. It. Oh, thirty-four. <sighs> so close. Yeah. So close, dude. Him and Marcus Allen were on the same NFL team. How dumb is that? It's kind of dumb. It is dumb. Yeah, good number thirty-twos. OJ. OJ. Episode thirty-two. After a six-minute tangent. Juice. We can finally get this underway. Yeah. Well, okay. So we'll we'll start with this. So after last week's episode, we went to trivia again. We did. Yeah. Wednesday nights down in Allen at Pluckers. And so I think we mentioned this before when we got second mm-hmm. like a month ago. Probably, yeah. We, we took home second like a month ago. We tied technically. And you had to leave for work. And then Amber clutched up the sports question. Yeah. Which was a tiebreaker question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah. Because uh, my boy... My old, uh, old Haas. Old Haas. Old Haas Radborn, baby. A record that'll never be broken. 73 games started, 60 wins. Something like that, yeah. Unreal. Never be broken ever. Dude, my dude was a workhorse in the 1880s. Dude, I'm not even sure there's any relief pitchers that will have 73 appearances this season. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, maybe not. Over under 73 for the most amount of games any pitcher appears in this year. <laughs> That's an honest question. Uh, Yeah, probably not. But yeah, so we took home second like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Showed up last week, just our monthly appearance apparently. Yeah, and just dominated, just dominated the field. See, you know what's interesting though? When we got second, we scored ninety five points. Right. We won last week. We scored ninety three points. Right. So it's like it's not that we had a transcendent performance. Oh, we did. I mean, 
it transcended who else was there. That's but, all that matters. But we did better a month ago. You play was on the schedule. I'm input oriented, <laughs> right? Like I am. Did you you know maybe you just rope one and the center fielder makes a diving catch? It was still a good at bat, right? Like we had a quality, we had a better quality at bat a month ago than we had last week. Yeah, we, we just the result was different. We we got an extra base hit. Yeah, because usually I'll I'll keep track of our points and I'll kind of judge it. Like, okay, if we can get to ninety five, we have a chance at placing. Yeah, if you get to a hundred, you're probably gonna win. Mm-hmm. And didn't we win by like eight points or six? I don't points? think anyone else got to ninety. I know that. Yeah, but it was like eighty seven or eighty eight was second place. Yeah, just. Just lapping the field. Yeah. Well, because, you know, they they always announce from third up, right? Yeah. And so they announced third place. It said like 86. And I'm like, that seems kind of low. And I'm like, we were better than that, right? Because we usually try and keep track. Mm-hmm. And then it said second place was like 87 or 88. And I'm like, I we, feel like we were better than that, yeah. right? Were we? I thought we were around 94, 95. We took the coldest, the coldest winner's victory photo of all time oh yes because apparently they have to take your photo if you're the winning team it's on facebook is it well yeah, yeah there you go it's on facebook i'm not but it is so you can go find out Buckers allen trivia mm-hmm. yeah it's literally just our backs i looked at it like an hour later yeah and y'all were just turned around i was watching tv yeah, yeah. It, was, it was way more interesting than taking a photo so y'all, y'all were doing a silent protest on on having to get our photo taken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on photos. On photojournalism. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was a good time though. I mean, it's always a good time when we go. We did really well. I think okay, so I was thinking about it. We had the second round was kind of rough. Yeah. It was easily our worst round of the two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think we got maybe six points out of ten. And then but the other rounds that we killed it in were the that music mashup well there were two music rounds weren't there the last one yeah which the mashup is, round right which we always kill the, the last music yeah round. not but, me oh but. dude like we as a team like everyone contributed and crushed that mashup round yes so they played two songs overlapping each other i have never been so confident that we got every answer right yeah. than i was through that round yes and so you had to name both artists yeah because well so you had to name both uh i, I that i don't remember I think it was but the artist. they were playing the music the instruments behind mm-hmm. one song and they layered in the lyrics and the vocal from another song yes and so sometimes it was really confusing yes because you're so used to the beat and you're so used to hearing certain things at certain times and it wasn't there so it, it, it was a little disorienting for the first two or three but then we just got in a rhythm yes and we were feeling it like the first time i would listen to the beat uh-huh and then the second time i'd try to listen to the lyrics yeah and yeah, we we crushed oh, we that did. one. I it. think that one probably hurt a lot of teams. Yes, well, because they also do when when they announce the right answer. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of tables are cheering. Yeah, it wasn't very loud during that round. No, and we got every single one right. And to your point, I think that was what separated us. Yeah, and you you had to get both songs right. Yes, to you, get the question yes. right, you had to get the correct whether it was the artist or the or the song itself. I can't remember. But you had to get both right to get one point. I do know it was at least the artist because one of them was Fleetwood Mac. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like one so was then I think it, it was both artists because the first one was Britney was singing over something. Like and Genuine answer, or yeah, something. Yes, Genuine and Britney Spears. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the most random combo ever. <laughs> but it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then A the, couple of those actually sounded pretty good, yeah, though. Yeah, it was weird. Um, whoever did that did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other round was the... 
the com I don't know what they call it, but I call it like the commonality round. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they gave three. There, yeah, there's some theme. Yes. That ties every answer, parts of yeah. every answer together. There's three words, and they all have a common thing and whatever. Yeah. You know. And so you had to figure out what that word was, and it was usually like a phrase, but it could have been, it, maybe it wasn't a phrase, but uh, yeah. So like, what was one of them? Big crab and candy. Yes, that one was the hardest one. Yes, I think so. That's why it sticks out to me. Yes, but those were your that was your prompt. It was three words. Yes, right. And there's there's one word or theme or something that ties them together. Yeah. And the answer to that one was apple, which yes. you got. No, no, no. Amber got that one. Oh, did she? Yes. Which was the one that you got? I got like three. Because the rest <laughs> of us had no hope. Yeah, because usually, usually these rounds, they'll start off kind of easy yeah, and then yeah, work yeah. their way tougher. So like I think like the first three or four, we were all kind of like on the same page. And then yeah. they got harder, and I just started ripping them off. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. <clears throat> give me a second. Mm-hmm. There was one that was like, uh, it was blood and something else but the word was sugar that was mm. one of them that one was kind of hard that was one of the last ones but yeah i ripped off like three brown of them. it was blood brown and something else oh, i do with sugar one? yeah but yeah cane maybe <laughs> that's what i thought yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah so I, I ripped off like three of them but that apple one was the last one we couldn't get and amber yeah. got it wow but yeah i ripped off like three of them i was like this is my jam i'm finally helping the team mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that was probably a round, too, that people struggled on. Maybe not struggled, but maybe didn't get all of them. Maybe got seven or eight. Well, and they had the wordiest math question of all time. Yes, they always are. No, but this one was like, it took her like a minute and a half just to read the question. Yeah, it was when, brutal. Like a fourth of it is the information you Well, need. yeah, but the math question itself wasn't actually that difficult. We got it pretty easily. Yeah. But- and that's a round that we struggled in, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we got that one right. We got because yeah, that was the nerd round, right? Yeah, yeah. that was a tough one because it there was like history questions and dates. Yeah, and like countries you need to know who owned this and that. And oh yeah, it was like you know who owns the Cayman Islands or whatever, right? Like what that's nationality a, do they under? A, I don't know. France, Spain, England. Yeah, we were just like, <laughs> I know you need a passport to go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we know. It's one of these Western European countries that's been around forever. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so you just put out your best guess. But yeah, we dominated, killed it, first place, like normal. You know, just just out there taking names, turning backs. Mm. And, the turning backs was fun and getting dubs because we were like well can we just not get our picture taken and they're like we insist yeah what happened like, there's no trophy anymore i don't know maybe yeah. that maybe that changed with covid wow can't pass around the trophy anymore yeah yeah it's probably the third time we've won i think ever at i've least been since there, I've been there for two of them i know that that's probably at least the third i feel like probably 75 to 80 percent of the time that i've been there we've placed yeah, and it, does, and it, has, it has very little to do with me because <laughs> I, I feel like of anyone at the table, I feel like I contribute the least. Right. But I contribute on like random ones. Yep. And that, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's like, how I feel. It, oh, it, it's so it's so sporadic. It's here or there. And there's no in between. <laughs> it's like me. it's like the scene from a national treasure when Riley knows. Wait, I know something you don't. Yeah. <laughs> he knows daylight savings. He's like, wait, I'm going to take this in for a second. <sighs> Let me just live in this moment. That's how I felt with sugar. I was like, wait a minute. You guys don't know this. <laughs> Hold on. I got gotcha. you. Sugar. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, one of them was pulled. Oh, that's right. It was it was pork, teeth, 
Yeah, teeth. And then oh, I don't know what the one? other one was. I can't remember. But it was pulled. Yeah, pulled. Uh, that one not that one just came to me. Like I was just kind of sitting there and I was you like You also were I was pretty like, quick in the last round. They have that overarching theme for all of it. Oh, you right. were pretty quick on that one. You were like it has something to do with cards. Yes. Because the first one was um Oh, uh, there was a club. Yes. And then into, there, into club by 50 cent. Yeah, into club and then it was like ace of spades or no, no, no. It was um, Ace of Base was Ace the second one. And you're like club and ace. And you're like, yeah. okay, it's something to do with cards. And Jack Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Jack Johnson. Yeah, once there's three or four on there, yeah. you can find the theme. And mm. once you find the theme. It makes the rest of them so much easier. Yes. Even though you'll probably know them. Yeah. Well, like, and we you, would know them. And you can go back and yes. you can double check your first answer. You're like, wait a second. Does that fit in the theme? Okay. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's one of those, if you can see the forest for the trees. Yes. Then you can you can paint every tree, and that's what I focus on because I already know other people are gonna know the songs like yeah. Kevin or Amber. So, or, dude, Kevin Kevin's unreal with the music stuff. Yes, he's insane. So, and the first couple, I don't even really listen because mm. I've only one time has there ever been a song that I think I got that nobody else got, hmm. and so I don't I don't even really well, that's, focus. That's on how it. I feel on a lot of the ones that I'm like, oh, I know this one. You guys have already said it, right? Yeah, like, oh, okay. the ones I know, you yeah. guys already know it. So I just focus on the theme because that's an extra point. Yeah, it'll help us out with the next songs or the previous songs. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let me just look at this and di- dissect this real quick. And yeah, it was cards or poker related. Yeah. So killed it. Got that extra point, and then I left. Just dropped the mic. It's true, you did. I was like, all right, you guys got this. Uh, so yeah, another dub. We'll have to defend our title maybe next week. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully, sometime soon. We'll, it's it's always fun when we go. We'll be back. We haven't played this month. Well, and it's it's even more fun when we show up and we have like a fifty or a hundred dollar gift card. Exactly. From having placed the last time that exactly. we were there. Now we got yeah we got the hundred dollar gift card from last week. Mm-hmm. Just killed it. All right, so on to sports, not poker related. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember last week when me and Kevin were just naming off random poker players. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unreal. Oh, I got like 30 more in the bank. Uh, that was kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, not poker related. Uh, let's just start with some NFL draft because we had that over the last three days last week after this we finished. This is the first draft that I remember following where I feel like there wasn't a single team that reached for a quarterback. Not one. Yeah. And that was the theme going in was what are the quarterbacks? Are they are they not that good? And do teams really not like them? And we mentioned last week that typically you see three go in the first round. At Only least. one went. And he went number 20. Mm-hmm. To a team, by the way, that if that if that draft pick pans out, that's, I mean, you talk yeah. about the AFC changing forever for the next 10 to 15 years. I mean, because the Steelers were, they were great. And they were tailing off right as these other guys came up. Mm-hmm. But it's like if Pickett pans out and you throw the Steelers into the mix with the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Bills. Because they got a good roster. And the Bengals, who, by the way, represented their conference in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. you're talking about like there might only be one or two playoff spots available for the rest of like because you could just book it. Like if guys stay healthy, like those four or five teams are in the playoffs every year. And there might only be one or two spots available. Like yeah, th- that, that like pick it, is very intriguing. Yes. Now, you might have your doubts whether or not it's going to pan out. I kind of like it. I, I kind of liked it, too. I mean, you keep him local. it's worth it. You keep him local. And, I mean, 
he was a Heisman finalist, so it's he had a great season. Oh yeah, he had a very good, very good season. But he has small hands, so there's no way he can play well in the NFL, right? Yeah, especially not in the AFC North. No, I mean it clearly didn't work for Joe no. Burrow. He has the smallest hands in the NFL now. Yeah, second to or first and Joe Burrow second. <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, I've I've mentioned it on here before, but that is my favorite like pre-draft moment of all time was Joe Burrow leaving the combine and tweeting and being like, well, just found out I have to retire from football because my hands are too small. Yeah. Darn it. Yeah. It's like his first full season. He actually takes the Bengals to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we can drop the small hands thing. Yeah. It's, you can find anything to not like about somebody and you can find anything to really like. And I remember Lewis Riddick was like defending the pick by like, breaking the news to the crowd and to everyone watching at home he's like you know he was saying when he holds the football his thumb stretches a certain way and he actually gets around this far <laughs> it's like breaking the, the down things, the, the things that people are concerned about the you know? grip yeah <laughs> did, did you not see that no. i was i was laughing out loud oh, when i was God. watching that because i'm like man i just i feel like people you you dissect someone so thoroughly mm-hmm. that you start finding reasons to love or hate and we were talking you can talk yourself into someone that doesn't even make sense for you just because as you're dissecting you just you you gravitate you just you get pulled towards something about someone or the other way or you get pushed away because you hate the small exactly exactly yeah so we we went almost two more full rounds before another quarterback got taken god isn't that insane well i guess it kind of was two full rounds um Desmond Ritter went tenth in the third round. Wow! To Atlanta, one quarterback in two rounds. I know. And like second round quarterbacks, they happen, but they're not. You don't see it too often. I don't think there's one every few years. Yeah, there might be one or two a year, but typically, if you want that quarterback, you're going to trade up into the first round. Oh, that's what you were talking about. I was talking about guys that pan out. Oh no, no, no! I just mean in general picked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have like your Daltons and your Kaepernicks. Dude, I thought for sure, because the Lions had pick 32 at the start of the night. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure that either they were going to take a quarterback with that pick or someone was going to trade up to that pick to take a quarterback like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you get that fifth-year option. Which, especially with the way that salaries are going, that's kind of valuable right now. Yep. 12 picks later, Malik Willis went to Tennessee in the third round. Yep. And then, let's see, that was pick. 86 and then at 94 Matt Corral went to Carolina so it's kind of the teams we well maybe not Tennessee but kind of the teams we thought would be interested in quarterbacks but man they just went so late yeah which which I think is good you know but we also and I uh I have a graphic that I prepared that uh I obviously can't share because it's an audio podcast. Oh, can you share it like Jerry Jones shared his whole draft board? Ha, no, <laughs> but what I am going to do is we were talking about specifically the market shifting to where wide receivers are making quarterback money. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk just about wide receivers that were traded. Like these are actual NFL wide receivers and what the compensation was. Okay, yeah, I wanted to talk about this too. Yeah, this is very interesting. Right, and so because quarterbacks didn't go early, Wide receivers did. Oh, my God. Right? Like, teams are allocating resource resources for wide receivers. And here are the list of trades. These are in, uh, I'm sorry, chronological order. Amari Cooper gets offloaded salary dump from the Cowboys. Yeah. it it they, they pick up a fifth. They swap sixes. 
Devontae Adams gets traded next for a first and a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first round pick was spent on a linebacker for what it's worth. Then Robert Woods, another salary dump, gets offloaded by the Rams to the Titans for a sixth round pick. Okay. Then the Tyreek Hill trade happens. And this is what the Dolphins give up to get a wide receiver. They give up their first, they give or pick 29 because they had multiple firsts, but they give up pick 29, their second and fourth this draft. Then they also give up their fourth and sixth next year. And all they get back is Tyreek Hill. And on top of that, for Hill and Adams, you gave him extensions. Yep. And then they paid him $30 million a year. Yeah, so you gave him money and picks. Then Devontae Parker is traded from the Dolphins to the Patriots. So they pick up Hill and they offload Parker. And they get back a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Which, if the Patriots stick with Parker, if that's a click, and they get him long-term, that's going to be looked at as an absolute steal especially in the context of these other receivers. Then you had A.J. Brown on draft night yep. was traded from the Titans to the Eagles for pick number 18 and a third-round pick. And by the way, they drafted a receiver with pick number 18. Yep. So they traded away their best receiver to try and get their future best receiver and a third-round pick. And it saves them the contract of $100 million. And then you had Marquise Brown traded for a first round pick yes so you had i'm just i'm just i'm counting here one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen you had 14 picks <laughs> used on wide receivers that were already in the league yeah in this offseason and then you throw in there were six receivers drafted in the first round in the top 18 and one of them was received as compensation for the wide receiver that was on his way out. Yeah. I just, I, it blew my mind. Because this is typically the market that you see around quarterbacks. And now there was a huge trade involving Russell Wilson in the offseason, and that's mm-hmm. worth mentioning. But you also had Matt Ryan flipped for a third. You yeah. had Carson Wentz literally just pick-swapped in the second. Mm-hmm. Like, the market has shifted here. Whereas guys, and I think it's because there's so many teams that are stuck on a Daniel Jones or a Sam Darnold. Or maybe you have an aging Ryan Tannehill, or you're just you're trying to see what you can get out of Matt Ryan if you're Indianapolis. You have so many teams in that limbo that they're just trying to throw as many weapons as they can on the field just to see what they have. Yeah. Because you have to because it is a league of haves and have nots. And you have to know what you have at quarterback. You have to. And I just that's why I think you see the Jacksonville Jaguars throwing I mean, how much money did they spend just on wide receivers? Uh a lot they, they spend so much every offseason for whatever reason but the market shift seeing it in where teams are allocating their active draft capital when they're on the clock and also their potential draft capital in the offseason or future future picks that are now allocated to other teams because they're going after one guy right now yeah. i just i thought it was insane it seems like the lack of quarterbacks in this draft class is kind of what spiraled all these other things into motion possibly you see all the wide receivers traded you see all the wide receivers taken you see the top five picks in the draft are all defensive players and the top seven were all non-skill position because you had two tackles go yeah and then the wide receivers start to go then you just kind of rain them after that and yeah no quarterbacks until the first 20 picks you know what the great irony of that is every single one of these quarterbacks is in a better situation than they would have been 
had teams been clamoring to get them. Yeah. Every single one of them. Because now there's no pressure on them to really perform. Kenny Pickett is going to a team that almost made the playoffs. They were a half yeah. game out of the playoffs last year. Yeah, that tie. <laughs> the tie they had. To the Lions, by the way. Wasn't yeah. it the Lions? Uh, I think so, yeah. 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 It was in Pittsburgh, too. That was brutal. Yeah, these, these quarterbacks, they won't have pressure, but if you take one in the third round, you also might have a shorter leash on them because there's less... You, you feel like you're, the capital you spent on it wasn't worth seeing it for as long. Well, not only... If that makes sense. Not only is the draft capital itself not as valuable, but the contract associated with that draft capital yeah. is not nearly as punishing. Whereas like, if you try and move off a first-round pick, you gotta you got to find a trade partner. Oh, speaking of other guys to be traded, Kadarius Tony's out there too. That's true. <laughs> So that's another name to look out for. God, that's weird. And then the the Marquise Brown move, we now found out was related to DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for six games. So that that now makes sense in hindsight. Maybe not for Baltimore, but I don't really know what Baltimore's doing there <laughs> with their wideout situation. Did they draft any? I mean, they took a linebacker with the pick they got from Marquise Brown. Well, they obviously didn't take or one wait. in the first round. I can't remember. They I did can't not remember who they took at twenty three. They it did not receiver. draft a wide receiver in this entire draft. Well, they took a couple tight ends <laughs> in the fourth fourth round. How just, many fourth round picks did they have? They had four, or f- they didn't they have like four for fourth round picks? They had six. They took, they took a punter with one of them. They had six, didn't they? Yeah, six first round picks with all their trading. <laughs> by the who was it? By the way, I told you this was the Cade York draft. <laughs> who took him? Uh, the Browns. Who's in that division? Fourth round. Uh, in that div- Oh, the Bengals. Yeah. Evan McPherson, yeah. whose leg is maybe the biggest reason that they made it to the Super Bowl. Because he made 13 kicks. Yeah. 13 kicks in the postseason. They said, take that in Ohio kicking. And meanwhile, Cleveland, with Chase McLaughlin, might have he might have had the worst kicking season last year. It was, like, debatable. <laughs> well, they've had a few of those in Cleveland. But it's a copycat league. You got the Bengals that hit on a draft pick at kicker. Their division opponent, Browns, are the first team to take a kicker yep, this year. They're in-state opponent. It's a copycat league. I mean, you, you saw all those teams making moves for receivers in, in, in the offseason period and in free agency. What happens in the draft? It's just it's, it's mayhem. And pretty much every trade, at least during the first round, involved a receiver. Yeah. Dude, it was it was wild, and it was it was either a team trading up to get a receiver, or it was a team getting rid of one, trading for a receiver. Yeah, it, I mean, it was insane. It's it it's it's crazy how polarized the market is towards that position right now. And we talked about this: the Jamar Chase pick was not a smart pick, but it worked out mm-hmm. because he's so Good. unbelievably brilliant at yeah. what he does. And he has that connection with Joe Burrow that takes them to the next level. Mm-hmm. And at the entire league is trying to find that. Yeah. They're trying to find their Jamar Chase that can score three touchdowns against the Chiefs in one half. That's what they're trying to find. And, it well, the problem is there's like maybe six or seven of those guys in the league. Yeah. And you're throwing all this draft capital at guys who, I mean, Tyree Kill's closer to 30 than he is 20. Devontae Adams closer to 30 than he is 20. I, it, it's just it's crazy man it's, to, it's to see wild. what's happening out there typically you would only be using i mean five draft picks to get a receiver 
And it makes sense that teams would get off their wide receivers for this draft if they really truly believe that this draft class was that good, which apparently it is. Well, and early mocks show that the number one pick next year is going to be a receiver. Oh, good. Who's that? Oh, is that that Pitt kid that's in the transfer portal? No, it's the Ohio State. Jackson Smith. Oh, Rockwall's own. Yep. Rockwall's own. Dude, he had a Rose Bowl to remember. Yep. (laughs) We'll see if he can. Well, he'll have a CJ Stroud still there, so... It should work out well for both of them. I wonder now, because we've seen the market shift in this direction, how long, because it's only a matter of time, before the market shifts to defensive backs. Like getting traded or what? what do you yes. Mean? Like like teams out there who they're like, we need one pass rusher and then a great second. Oh, pick. yeah, because of all the passing and the yep. wide receivers. Yeah. Well, you saw that with the third and fourth picks, cornerbacks. Yep. You know, it's two corners in the top four. Has that ever happened? Probably not. Probably not, but I don't. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, I think I think they were saying it was the first draft where all of the top five picks were defensive players in, in, in a while. Yeah. Like maybe since like 96 or something. Yeah, yeah. And no quarterbacks taken there either. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was it was what kind of what we expected, but also not the norm from what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was fun though. Yeah, you had two more cornerbacks taken in the twenties, safeties going all over the place. Yeah, three three or four safeties in the first round. Yeah, teams are definitely tuning in their uh, their defensive backfield more so I think than normal. Because, yeah, you had the Browns take, like, Denzel Ward a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. He was a top five pick. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you're seeing that way more way more than we used to, especially probably 10 years ago, maybe even less than that. What are, Which of the quarterbacks do you think will will get in first? Or Like to play? Yeah. Like a, mean, of those four, I guess. It's got to be Ritter. I was leaning it's, towards... It's, it's got to be Atlanta. Because I just... I don't know how long... Mariota, right? Yeah. I don't know how long they're going to stick with Marcus Mariota. I'm thinking it's going to be Matt Corral in Carolina. You think so? Because they were, they were weird with, with Sam Darnold last year. Like, wasn't he healthy and they still weren't playing him? That I don't know. Like, he got hurt. Yeah, came back and I I swear he was healthy for like a week or two and he still wasn't really playing. Oh, because they brought in Cam Newton, right. they brought Cam back. Yeah, and he was so bad, and they wouldn't go back to Darnold. I think Matt Corral is going to see some see some significant playing time this year, whether he's ready or not. Now, of course, this is barring injury, right? Uh, even if they suck, because if they suck, well, they have a coach on the hot seat. Yeah. So if they suck, guess is, who has to make is, a switch? This is year three or four for for Matt Rule. Uh, either way, it's his last year. <laughs> you don't think he lasts past the year? No. There were rumors about him not making it to this next is year. Is he gone on Black Monday? You think? Uh, he might be gone before then. <laughs> so if they start off like three and seven, you think? You uh, think he's out? It's very possible. Yeah. Wow. Because they start off one and three, one and four. Matt Corral's in there. They're gonna make a switch. They're gonna do something. Now maybe they make a. They can still make a move for Garoppolo or B- Baker. I don't know. I but just. I think Ritter might win the starting job. He might. He might be the week one starter in Atlanta. I definitely think he gets playing time this year. Yeah. If those are the only two that I would count on to play. Yeah. In terms of those four, 
I think Malik Willis, I think he sits the whole year because oh, I sure. because I think Tennessee's competing for a playoff spot. Yeah. And and that division is so winnable. Yes. So yeah, yeah, and, he'll he'll sit for sure. Yeah, I, and I mean, you know, you can laugh all you want, you can meme on Mitch Trubisky all you want. The dude's won sixty three percent of his starts in this league, and that's a team that again is going to be trying to compete for the playoffs. And isn't Mason Rudolph still on the roster? I believe he is. Yeah, yeah. he's got experience, which means he'll probably get the first chance at backing up, mm-hmm. or yeah. if or if someone gets hurt. Yeah, so yeah, I think Pickett's on the outside looking in there. Yeah. I, I guess, assuming that none of them are named the starter, I would agree with you. But I think Ritter's going to be named, named the starter. Because I possible. Because I just think Atlanta, like, you know what you have. Like, you know what Marcus Mariota is. It, it, it's like when Seattle played... Or no, it's it's like when the Giants played Geno Smith mm-hmm. instead of starting Eli Manning to keep the streak going. Yeah. Right? And it's like, you know what Geno Smith is. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, I'm not saying that he can't improve, but there's enough games, there's enough film on him that everyone in the league knows who he is, what he is, right? It's like, you're not going to surprise anybody throwing Geno Smith out there. And that's where the that's where the Falcons are with Marcus Mariota. Like, they're not going to see a one or two week random bump in performance or efficiency because Mariota's behind center. Because he's played enough in the league. There's enough film on him that, like, people know who he is. Yeah. And so I think... If if one of them is going to be named the starter, I think it's Ritter. Probably. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's just my take. Um, What's your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I should grammatically correct myself there. What are your thoughts on what the Cowboys did in the draft? So, I'll pull up their, their team here. So, in the first round, they took Tyler Smith. Yes. Which, they were taking a Tyler, apparently. Well, at least we thought. Either him or uh, who's this Lindebaum, the center out of yeah, Iowa. The Ravens got him. Yeah, I think with the next pick. Um, but apparently Jerry doesn't. He didn't like that he could get run over. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. He is probably the safer pick. But they go with Tyler Smith. I have a theory on Smith on that pick because they're. What they're saying is he's gonna play guard. And they think he can be the tackle of the future when Tyron eventually, you know, falls apart here in a year or two. And but from the people that I've seen that studied him or the what they expect from him is he is a major work in progress. And he's a penalty machine. Yes. At a at a non power five school. So here's my theory. I'm gonna set the scene for you. It's draft night. There's, you know, like 10 to 15 minutes left before the Cowboys are on the clock for their pick. Mm -hmm. They're watching a lot of the players that they had, you know, circled or highlighted. They're watching a lot of those guys go. Yeah, pretty much all of them. And they're like, okay, who can we get? I'm going to do a bad Jerry Jones impersonation here. (laughs) Well, the last time that we took an offensive tackle T. Smith in the first round, it went pretty well. (laughs) done <laughs> I just there were he's got a great first significantly name. more polished NFL ready offensive linemen on the board or even just players at other positions but e- but even if you have which is a terrible draft strategy but even if you have limited your scope to the offensive line because you lost two starters in free agency yeah 
even if you have limited your scope, they could have done, in my opinion, better. Now, that doesn't make it a bad pick. I'm just one guy. I have one opinion. But that's my theory, is that they were sitting there and they're like, you know what? We took offensive tackle T. Smith in the first round a long time ago, and it he's still on the team. Well, apparently they had him rated as their 16th best player, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Meanwhile, for- the rest of the league had him as a second rounder. Yeah. The only pick, by the way, that might get a worse grade is the Patriots drafting that guard at the end of the first yeah, round. Did you, did, did you see the Rams reaction? Yes. yes. Oh, that, if anybody hasn't seen this, you have to look <laughs> up. It's Sean McVay and is it Kroenke? Uh, no, um, it's probably whoever their GM is. I don't mm, know who their GM is. Yeah, but it's it's Sean McVay and the team GM, and they're they're you know they're some press conference thing because they don't have yeah. a first round pick because they always try to less have a first Sneed. round less Sneed. Yeah, it's McVay and Sneed, and they hear the news that he gets taken off the board at what was it like twenty six, twenty five, something yeah, like that. Yeah, and they're like, wow, to think that we scouted him thinking we had a chance at 104 yeah they're like we wasted all that time <laughs> and then by the way they took a guard at 104 yeah 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 i mean honestly people their first reaction when the patriots trade back is like all oh, patriots just playing chess but dude they've had some bad drafts yeah like horrendous first round picks i mean re- if you go back back in time they whiffed early in the draft all the time the, like this is not a team that's consistently spends its high draft capital well no and that's just the what what would you say the blessing or you can benefit from having a quarterback that can cover a lot of your deficiencies Mm -hmm. like joe burrow was able to take a Bengals team that i mean the rest of the roster is pretty average and they went to the super bowl they were great at a couple of key positions and one of them was kicker Right. And they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Patriots have hit the struggle bus. So that that pick is going to... That turns some heads and for hey, sure. And hey, maybe, maybe he goes out there and maybe he's the next Zach Martin. Maybe. Right? We don't know. Probably not. But when, when the consensus is the guy should go around 100 and he gets yeah. taken in the 20s... Yeah. Especially I mean, by the Super Bowl champion. Now, now, to be fair, to be fair... The last pick that I can remember that there was such a gaudy difference between where he was drafted and where he was projected was A.J. Dillon. And that was a second-round pick, and a lot of people thought he was going undrafted. And the Packers have seemed to do pretty... Oh, like he went pretty, way ahead, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he was taken in the second round. Yeah. But most people in pro football focus didn't even rank him because they were like, this guy's not getting drafted. That's funny. Right? But it's like that pick worked out. And so maybe the Patriots have seen something. You know, Belichick, people call him, you know, playing chess. Maybe he he's like, this guy's great in yeah. this sort of protection. You never know. Maybe this is where their draft woes change. But back to the Cowboys. So their Tyler Smith project yeah, be very interesting because he's going to be next to Biotish, who has also struggled. And then your other option is Connor McGovern, who has also struggled. And then you got Zach Martin, Terrence Steele, and Tyron Smith. And Tyron Smith's probably going to miss at least six games again because he always does. So does that mean that you move Smith? You move T. Smith, subs in for T. Smith at left tackle it, if T. Smith gets hurt? It, it's very possible. Because the depth of offensive line is not very good in this league. So it's hard to find another left tackle. Yeah. 
Now, did Terrence Steele, did he play left tackle last year? No, he started because it was Landon Collins missed that time to the suspension. Okay, and I so didn't know he, if he started at right tackle for a bit, and he was pretty solid. And who I was mean, playing I left? Great. Who was playing left when Tyron was out? Oh, uh, what was his name? It wasn't Steele. No. Oh. Okay, I don't remember. Oh, what was his name? I can't remember. Anyways, I can't remember either. Their depth is questionable it's, it's gonna be interesting they Anything. really need this pick to pan well and it's likely gonna be tested right like you have a left tackle who has a pretty serious recent history of injury and you have to have not only a, a long-term future plan but you have to have a current backup plan in the present because you won your division last last year and you should be competing for the division championship again this year yeah and this, I almost said Smith. Now I gotta like be very specific in my Tyron versus Tyler talk. Um, how much better can he get in four months when you expect him to be playing left guard in week one? Like week one might be rough. <laughs> it might be really rough if the tape suggests what we think of him. And then next to Biotish, and then you put McGovern in for him, like. That left side is going to struggle, I think, early on. And they're going to need Tyron to hold down the fort. And I just don't see it happening before he gets hurt. So in the second round, the Cowboys took a chance on somebody. Stop me if you've heard that before. <laughs> in the second round, they treat second rounders like, like sixth rounders. I swear to God. Now, this guy might be off the wall, like great, athletic, Get to the quarterback, Sam Williams. Um, but he had uh, a accusation, I guess, of sexual battery in college. And and this is comes just after your second rounder last year was somehow involved or knew of a murder. On top of your second rounder a couple years ago, Jalen Smith coming off a major knee injury. Or a second rounder that you spit on Gavin Escobar. We don't talk about Gavin Escobar. Or, wait, isn't there another one that I'm missing? I mean, Terrence Williams was a second round pick. Okay, that was decent. But they got decent production out of him. He at least didn't have red flags, I don't think. Mm. Whether it's injury. He might have been a third round pick, actually. Or off the field. They always take somebody with a red flag. Well, you didn't mention Lyle Collins, but he was undrafted. Yeah, that was a steal because he was going to go in the first round. Yeah. They got lucky with that, and he wasn't even involved in anything. It just happened at a bad time for him. Yeah, so they take another chance on a second rounder. Third rounder, though, this seems to be pretty popular amongst uh, Cowboys fans, was Jalen Tolbert, the wide receiver out of South Alabama. So they got their needs maybe in a different order than they expected, and I don't, I don't know. And then they took a and tight end in the fourth maybe in a different round. order than when the value was there. Right, yeah. And maybe that sometimes that's okay because I do think in this situation they're probably right. Yeah, there's more wide receiver depth in the draft. So let's not take a wide receiver second. Mm. Well, and they missed out because they picked 24. They missed out on the big rush of receivers because there was the six that went in the first round. They all went in the top 20. Right. And even the second round, they're like, okay, maybe it'll push down to the third round. And mm -hmm. it did where maybe pass rushers were a little more thin. Well, because you got, I mean, you had six teams. That's like almost 20% of the league that, they just drafted a receiver. What are they going to do? Take back-to-back -back receivers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
they fell a little bit and got Jalen Tolbert, and then they got Jake Ferguson, another tight end. So that'll make up for the uh, the loss of uh, what's his name, tight end that they had to release. Oh, uh, because of his medical problems, Blake yeah. Jarwin. Blake Jarwin, he yeah, just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, his hip. I think overall, I think they did better in these, like in the later day two, early day three. Sam Williams might pan out. Hopefully, he doesn't get arrested or anything. And then Tyler Smith is—that's the biggest question mark, really, because you need those guys to play. You need your first rounders to basically just step in and play. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's ready, but he—he he sounds like an awesome guy. I don't, he interviewed with our station. Okay. Um, well, actually, back note: the day of the draft, one of our guys tweeted out. He was like, "If the Cowboys take Tyler Smith, I will submit my my resignation papers." Oh, I saw that. <laughs> And so they interviewed him the next day, and he brought it up immediately, Tyler did, to Bob. He's like, so you retiring? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm surprised you clocked in today. <laughs> he was so funny about it. That's good. That's good. So, but yeah, he sounds like an awesome dude. He's going to need skin that thick. He was really he was really personable and really likable. But uh, we'll see how well that translates onto the field. And hey, You can love the guy and hate the game. Yeah. So I'm rooting for him, but... I don't know, man. Week one seems like a little too soon for for you know some of these guys. They don't know who they're playing. I think the schedule releases next week. But man, you get like a week one against a defensive tackle that you don't really want to face yet. <laughs> Could be a rough, rough uh, opening, opening. I mean, what night. if we draw the Eagles in week one and they got Fletcher Cox and the guy they just drafted in the first round? Oh yeah, yeah that that could be a rough one. Yeah, have fun, buddy. Or like, uh, well, didn't they play Tampa the first game last year? Yeah. Yeah, so that won't happen again. No. But, yeah, it, it could be struggle bus for the uh, interior uh, offensive line for the Cowboys to start. Um, Anything else on, on draft? Any other notes? That was pretty much it. I th- the wide receiver stuff was just like, crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that dominated the draft for me. Even yeah. more so than the quarterbacks falling. It, it's dominated the entire offseason. Yeah. I mean, you, you're seeing, and I mean, this, once again, no disrespect. You're seeing Christian Kirk make $80 million. Yeah. that That is on par, and again, no disrespect. That's on par with the Tyler Johnson contract. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? Uh, the NBA? Yeah. When the Heat offered Tyler Johnson a four-year $50 million contract, and he was like a ninth or tenth guy. On the roster, yeah. and he was like cut two and years into that. That contract. was before those contracts were norm, the norm. Yeah, like nowadays, twenty million you get for role players. Like that's just the going rate. It's just what it is. But yeah, back then it was like, wait, what? Yeah, that's Christian. Yeah, Kirk. it's like who is this guy, and how did he just ink a fifty million dollar yeah. contract? Yeah, good for him. Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, good for him, and good for Christian Kirk. Yeah. Um, and good for Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill and. You know, I you hope know. that Amari Cooper sees a robust market the next time he's out there. Yeah, these these wide receivers, man, they're making bad. I hope Robert Woods comes back from his ACL. And the numbers are just going to keep going up. They're just going to keep going up as long as the league is atop the world like it is right now, which it will be for a while. And these numbers are just going to get crazier and crazier at all positions, really. You know what I haven't really seen a whole lot of? I was expecting to see more just because of how just generally plugged into sports I am. I really haven't seen a lot of USFL talk. 
Uh, I just haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah, I have it listed on my things of, to talk about, and just like, there's nothing really to talk about. Right? It's just kind of there. Yeah. If you want it, it's there. It's not drawing huge numbers. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing that I found from it was, we can do this maybe next week, it's just players that you recognize. Because <laughs> there were like three or four. Like, that was it. I was like, I don't know you. I don't know you. I've heard of you because I've watched some college football. Mm. Like, a couple guys that had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Like, they're mainly quarterbacks. I don't know. It's... I, I watched, like, the first game just to kind of see if they had any bits that maybe, I don't know, mic'd up segment. I don't know. Whatever they would do. It wasn't really anything. Jason Garrett's calling games, though. Interesting. Good for him. I haven't really listened to it, but I'm like, if it's any, if it's like his press conferences, I'm out. <laughs> Does he clap when something good happens? Yeah, yeah, he's just constantly clapping at every play because he has no, no, uh, allegiance to either team so it's like oh my god great tackle clap oh my god great catch clap and the producer's like dude <laughs> we need to we need to zip tie this guy's hands great timeout clap to the, the armrests <laughs> he's like clapping the officials he's clapping the head coach he's clapping the fans <laughs> poor jason garrett not really um okay so good nfl talk let's go on to some nba yeah because, like I predicted, because I was right, the Mavs clinched in six. They did. I said, you know what? Just give it. Just give me the game six win on the road. They did. And you said, and I wanted I wanted to mention this. You were so prophetic. Was I? Talking about that. Because you said the number to look out for is 24. Boom. You were. And the Jazz scored exactly, on average, 24 points a quarter. They scored oh, ninety six points did, in the game. Did they really <laughs> in game six. Oh my god! Cause... I had I had to bring that up because I mean you were you were on point <laughs> talking about the the number to look out for if you're the Mavs is 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 twenty four. If you can score more than that in the quarter, you're good. That's funny. And the and the Jazz literally scored ninety six points in in game six because the first quarter the Mavs scored fifteen. I'm like, well, they just lost. Yeah, that was my first thought. I was yeah. like, I don't even need to watch the rest of the game. And then they go off for a thirty six in the third. And then when the fourth quarter happened, I was like, okay, so they're at 36, 26, 15, whatever the number is. I was like, I, I'm adding 24 to that. And so the number to me was 101. Yeah. I was like, they need to get to 101. They got to 98. Like, so close enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was close enough because Bohan just, I mean, he bricked it. Oh, my God. He was that shot was so, so open. open. He pump fakes. The defender bites and yeah. flies into the stands. Dinwiddie just flew by. I wonder if he had too much time and maybe he was too open. Possible. Because yeah. he was the only guy that could make a shot from three for them. Him and Jordan Clarkson. Oh, in that game specifically. Yeah. Um, he, I was, was, he was hot from three. I was shocked Jordan Clarkson wasn't getting more minutes. It seemed like they were sticking pretty rigorously to their rotation. And, like, I don't know if Jordan Clarkson ever played more than 30 minutes in a game. He had 29 that game, which was two less than Mike Conley, who and, was terrible. And, and that and like, this is, this is my point. It, it's the one thing that I like about Jason Kidd is, well, I mean, I like a lot of things about Jason Kidd, but I particularly like this management style. If you're not getting the job done, you're not going back out there. Yeah. I mean, Dwight Powell is a perfect example. Dwight Powell scored a combined... This was his combined stats from the first three games of the Jazz series. He had six points, 10 rebounds, 
and three assists. And like one one foul. Yeah, he, that's his combined statistics across three games. He had bad bad matchups. He for wasn't, sure. but he also played a combined like fifty minutes in those three games. Yeah, Maxi took over the minutes, and and it's like Jason Kidd. He he will make the adjustment to the lineup. He'll make the adjustment to the minutes rotation. I mean, you saw Luca didn't play his normal minutes that first game back, and then he did when he was kind of up to speed. Mm-hmm. But it's like this is a coach. Who he is not afraid to look you in the eye and tell you to sit down. Yeah, sometimes it's He's, not your night. Maybe it's not your series, not your matchup. And this is also he has the pedigree of being a championship caliber player and a potential Hall of Fame player mm-hmm. that he can look those guys in the eye and say, "Look, I know that you just don't have it tonight. Yep. So I'm gonna need five high energy minutes from you in the next five minutes, and then you're sitting after that, right? And it's like that. That is the sort of thing that he he can relate to a player because he's done it at the highest level in a way that very few coaches have been able to master that didn't do it at a high level. It's it's just it's harder. It's a barrier to entry. You know like cuz we talked about I don't want I don't want to get on a tangent too bad. Sorry. We'll we'll keep it to the maps. We'll keep it to the maps. <laughs> oh no, kids are doing great. He yeah. he's totally transformed this team this year. In only his first year, and it's such a different voice from what they're used to. Yep. And the players respond to it. Now, going to that last play of Bogdanovich, when they were inbounding, and I was like, anybody but him. Anybody. Just anybody else shoot the ball. I don't care if it's Donovan Mitchell, because he didn't attempt a shot the final six minutes of that game. Didn't even attempt one, which is unbelievable to me. Yeah. Then that just shows that their mindset was how is whatever. He, how is he not getting ripped? Oh, he he should be over there. I'm sure he is in Utah. I don't know about everybody else, but just imagine imagine the flip. Like Donovan Mitchell's supposed to be their best player. Yes, he's their only offensive player that is considered a star player. Yes, he's got to be their go-to player every game. If just take that and apply that to every other team that's alive in the playoffs. Your offensive player, who was also considered a star player, mm-hmm. if any one of them, if John ja Morant, if Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, if Luka Doncic, if Devin Booker, if any of those guys in a losing closeout game did not attempt a field goal yeah. for the last half of the last quarter. I'm pretty sure that happened to LeBron in the finals in 2011. I don't remember which game. Maybe it was a lot of the games. He took he took that brunt because he wasn't shooting the ball. Yeah. Or he wasn't... Maybe it was throughout the whole game. But, yeah. If he does that, it's the end of the world. Donovan Mitchell doesn't do it. And it's in the... the Your season's on the line. Not only your season. This entire roster. Yes. The franchise direction is riding on this beating game. the Dallas Mavericks in the first round. Because it's like, hey, you might go up against in the second round, This the Phoenix Suns have the best record, and they're just clearly better than everyone, and we gave them a tough six-game series, and you can lie to yourself and say that we can run it back and we can be fine, right? But they, they cannot lie to themselves. They were confronted with the cold, hard truth that a team without Luka Doncic For was up 2-1. to one. And then that same team with a healthy and fully back in the up-to-speed Luka Doncic wiped you off the floor. Yeah. 
It, it was insane. And now the rumor mill is going around that Gobert is going to ask for one of them to be traded, and I'm sure that will happen, if not both. That's an interesting decision to make if you're a front office. Who do you trade? Do you trade the player that profiles better for the league moving forward, but is also clearly the worst player right now? <laughs> or do you trade away the player who doesn't really profile for the direction that the league is going, but is clearly the better player? It's interesting. I this was not a good uh, audition if you if you're a Maverick and you want to trade for Gobert. But I'll tell you what, a nice little transition here. It's all about matchups. Yeah. And I think after this series with the Suns, the Mavericks are going to wish they had a Gobert. Oh, yeah. It's going to flip-flop on its head. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we saw Jalen Brunson was completely unstoppable against Utah. Yeah. Because they don't have anybody his size that is a great defender. Yeah, they have no perimeter defending. They don't have anybody that can guard a Jalen Brunson-type quickness even in the mid-range. I mean, he was absolutely cooking Gobert in the mid-range. Yeah. But now you go to the Suns, they've got two or three of the best wing defenders in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul and Mikhail Bridges at the top of that list. Brunson might be ineffective this series. And, like, this is the series. You need Dwight Powell to be the best version of Dwight Powell in this series, yeah. I think, if the Mavs are going to get past the Suns. Yeah, you need because some Because they, ha- they have to have someone that can at least frustrate Aiton. You don't even have to be better than him. You just have to get to him a little bit. And that's probably the biggest difference in this series is his ability to be effective on the offensive end, Aiton, versus yeah. Gobert. Yep. But then on the on the other side, you wish you had a Gobert to defend him. Yep. And just, you know, protect the paint. And I think I think going forward, they, they'll really consider trading for him, even though they're only one game into the series. I think that'll rear its ugly head, and they'll be like, wow, if we actually had a Gobert who could be more effective offensively with a Luka. I mean, you see with Powell. Yeah. Powell, Powell, Powell is a complete nobody when Luka's not on the floor. Right, and we saw that in the first three games of the Jazz series. Yep. And But he'll go off for 20-point games with Luka because he's such a... Well, didn't he lead the league in field goal percentage this year? Uh, he's probably one of and them. And he was one of two players to play all 82, which, yeah. coming back from an Achilles tear... It's great. Like, and, and once again, like, love the guy, hate his game, right? Like... <laughs> I like Dwight Powell. I think he's a gr- he's great at the podium. I think he's good for the locker room. I just I think he flops too much, and he's not a true center. Like he, yeah, he's well, slightly undersized. Yeah, which I mean, it's genetics. It's not really his fault. He's not seven one. Right. But you need a guy. It, it, as you said earlier, it's a game of matchups. Like the the Grizzlies have not played Stephen Adams in the playoffs. They're just not playing him. Like he might get some minutes here or there. Probably but, is it because he's a liability defensively? It's like because it's switch? because it's a terrible match. Who does Stephen Adams guard if you're playing the Warriors? Yeah. He can't that, he can't run with Wiggins or Draymond down the lane. And they'll just switch, you know, and get Curry or Clay. Exactly. And, and then yeah. you're playing four on five every time up the court. Yeah. It's, and it's why the Mavericks don't play like a Bobon. Yeah. You know? It's just now you really can't. I think you could have against Utah. If if there was gonna be one team that you could get Boban some minutes and have him be somewhat impactful, I think it would have been against Gobert. And I was I was surprised to see neither him nor Marquise Chris get much play right. in that in that Utah series. Because I think Marquise Chris is a guy that they underutilize. Especially, I mean, you had both Dwight and Maxie in foul trouble in a game. Yeah. And they just went with Finney Smith, right? Like, they were just like, we're just going, we're going super small. I wonder if Maxie... We're going Bertans, Finney Smith, and Bullock as our, as our three bigs. 
Now, game one against the Suns, it was pretty much the Luka Maxi show. Yeah. That was pretty much all you got. You got a little bit out of Finney Smith. Brunson had a terrible game. But he also had a terrible game in game one last series. So we'll see. I think he can respond well mentally. I think I think he'll be better tonight. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty much just Kleba and Luka. I wonder if Kleba's getting more minutes than Dwight. That's pretty it's pretty much been the standard yeah. the entire playoffs. I wonder if they just start him. Like, just have him out there when Aiton's out there. Well, I, I think he's a better defender. Oh, for sure. And he's definitely a better shooter. Now, I Dwight is definitely the better interior threat on offense. Yeah. Like, he, well, he can still get some run, yeah. but I don't like it against Aiton. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you have to play the matchup. Aiton played 33 minutes. Kleba played 25. And... Powell played 16, so I mean, yeah. That's you, right on par, by the way, with what he was doing against Utah. I mean, if you get Powell out there against, just have him out there when JaVale McGee's out there or something. I'm just doing some simple math. The The only two guys on your team that are getting any minutes that are tall enough to match up against DeAndre Ayton combined for 41 minutes. What, what are you doing the other seven? You can't, um, you can't have Finney Smith out there yeah, the, against well, JaVale McGee. Well, they, they went small. You can't have the, Bretons out there. They went small, I think, in the fourth quarter to try to make that comeback. I think they went with Dorian at the five. Yeah. And that that opened up their offensive game a little bit. Yeah. I think we'll probably see that in spurts tonight, maybe to end some halves. I don't know. But, yeah, that that's what happened there. And that cuts into Dwight's minutes also. Yeah, because you can't really run Bretons out there at the five. He only they played, have a couple of times. Yeah, and he only played eight minutes. That's a guy, by the way, if you're looking for the non-usual suspects, someone who can step up and impact this series, it's Davies Bertans. Because if that guy gets hot from three, he is lethal. Oh, yeah. He can be a game changer. They start. I mean, he's like Duncan Robinson-esque, whereas like they're going to have to start... If, if he can make a couple of shots, they're going to have to start guarding him the second he crosses half court, and that opens up lanes for everyone else. The problem is, will he be out there long enough to be able to make shots? I don't know, man. Because he's, he's one of those guys where it's like, you want to get him a shot, you want to get him a look, and if it goes in, then he's the offense for the next couple minutes. It's just another matchup that doesn't suit him. Yeah. But, I mean, the Suns are just so good. They are. There's a reason that they were eight games clear of everyone else in the yeah. league. Yeah. I mean, they could have easily won more than 64 games if they wanted to. And they're clearly the favorite in the West. And I'd, I've i I've been saying this for weeks. I, I would have been shocked if it wasn't Suns-Warriors in the Western Finals. Yeah. And I still think the Warriors are going to take care of the Grizz in six. Honestly, they might win the next three. I really think the Warriors are that much better. Mm. But the Suns are so good. We haven't really seen Klay Thompson go off yet. Yeah. And he missed a couple of free throws in that first game. <laughs> um, but the Suns are so good. And they're they'll make them they're so good in the fourth quarter. They're like fifty and O when leading when they after lead three. after three. Yeah. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, it's if you think about it, they have everything you need. They have rim protection. Yep. They have the, we'll kick it to this guy and he'll get a shot off and he can make some of them in Devin Booker. And they have one of the smartest point guards in the history of the game. Like they, they have the guy that can facilitate it all. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason that they're eight games clear of everyone else they in the got, league. They got depth. Yes. Like Landry Shamet only played nine minutes. I mean. And he could be a guy you bring in. Yeah. I mean, think of what the role he would play on the Mavs. God. 
That'd be nice. Right? But the one guy who we, we've barely really mentioned, you know, because we talked about they've got everything you want. They've got Aiton. They've got Booker. They've got Paul. They also have the guy who finished second in Defensive Player of the Year. Bridges. And that's Mikhail Bridges. And he played the most minutes yep. by far. Well, Booker played 38, but Bridges played 42. Yeah. Wow. Yep. You know, so like down the stretch, you've got point God, as people call him. Mm-hmm. And then you've got basically Jason Tatum in Devin Booker. Yeah. And you've got one of the only few true good centers in the league. There might be, there might be, let's just say eight, right? Like the Joel Embiid, the DeAndre Ayton. Like you have one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And then you have a defensive player of the year candidate who can guard in the post and on the wing. And the Suns shot the crap out of the ball, too. They did. I mean, they scored 124 points against the top five defense. And that was with a bad fourth quarter. And that was with Booker not being Booker. Yeah. Like, he went 7 for 20 from the field. I mean, he did pull his hammy a few weeks ago. So like, Yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised he came back as early as he did. And that still might be bothering him because he didn't play well in game six against New Orleans either. Mm-hmm. And I think... Maybe maybe uh, tonight that'll kind of reverse itself, or maybe he's a little bit better, but the rest of the team isn't. Because, I mean, Cameron Payne went... F- oh, no. Sorry, that was not threes. Uh, Johnson. Johnson went three of six from three. Crowder, three of five. They shot 50% from the field. Almost 40% from three. Didn't miss a free throw. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, their numbers, like... Basically, 50% from the field, just under 40% from three. Like, that's pretty much who they were the whole season. Yeah, and uh, obviously it was better than that the first three quarters because yeah. the fourth quarter really tailed off. They were probably closer to 60% and, like, 45%. <laughs> yeah. Just stupid. They could not miss. And meanwhile, Luca scores 45, 12, and 8. And... Just to make it look closer than it was. Yeah. Just to make it a seven-point game when he really had no chance. So, so coming off of that forty-five-point game, who has scored more points per game in the playoffs in history? Michael Jordan or Luka Doncic? Nobody. Neither. It's a, it's a tie. Yeah, They're, they are both atop. Looking down at everyone else, averaging thirty-three point four points per game. No one else, by the way, averaged thirty. Postseason history. That's that's nuts. I feel like he's just like a shoe-in for 30. And it's like if he gets to 30, it feels quiet. Well, they won the game, game six in uh, in Utah. Mm-hmm. And he, he had like 24. And it's like, oh, what a bad night. Yeah. He had 24-9-8. and eight. Yeah. That's that's literally MVP caliber numbers. And you're like, wow. Man, Luka just really didn't have it tonight. Yeah, with a couple steals, a no. couple blocks. Yeah. Right? And that, that's, that, I think, maybe the impact of Jason Kidd. It may just be his maturity, and he's just played more NBA games now, and so he knows how and when to take his chances. But he's becoming a two-way player. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's a great defender, but this is a guy, he's making an impact on the defensive end, which you really could not say about him his first couple of years in the league. And so it, it's nice to see that growth. It's nice to see that he's at least taking it seriously. He's, he's not going the direction of James Harden who now it's up to him to hold the entire team on his back because they gave up everything to get him in Philly. Yeah, they, they just need a better start. The start killed him last game. Yeah. 
Dude, Maxi in the first quarter is the only reason that they were even in the game. Yeah. I mean, you could have, if, if Maxi didn't go four for four on his first four threes, you could have just called the game. It was over. Yeah, because they got it to within four in the second quarter, and then the end of the half kind of got away from them. Yeah. And then they never, they were, they were never able to get it close again. So tonight, another late game. Got to have a better start. The start is everything. Now, you're going to have to withstand runs, but you're going to make runs. And they need Brunson and Dinwiddie to be a lot better because you can't rely on Maxie to score 20 for you. You can't rely on Luka to score 45. They might have to. They might. If that's the case, it's probably not good. I want to see him be a little more aggressive. I feel like he always has these floaters in the paint that he could take, and he'll kick He's it out. He's always kicking it out. Always. And there's times where you can do that. If Reggie's hot or something, you know, he had an off game. If Reggie's hot, if Dorian's hot, fine. But there's some floaters in there that I want him to take. And nah, t- I mean, to your point right here, I think that if he wanted to, he could get 40 shots off a game. Oh, For, I, I mean, like, over the course of a season, he could take 40 shots a game. Yeah, because he passes up on a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Those Not even mid-range, just in the paint. Yeah, the giant killer, the floaters. Yeah. Even maybe some contested layups he's passing up yeah. on. It's, I want to see him maybe take a few more of those, especially when the team's struggling, but whatever. They just need to be better. They got to be better defensively. They can't get off to a slow start. And the 24 rule does not apply in this series. Um, no. <laughs> it might be the 34 rule. Yes. Yeah, that's that's fair because Phoenix scored 35 and 34 in the first two quarters. So, yeah, they're going to they're gonna have to keep pace, but they're going to have to make adjustments. I think Maxi maybe, maybe starts or something. I don't know, but you got to have an answer for eight and two and there's just a lot to keep up with. And the Mavericks, a lot has to go their way to even be in this series and definitely win it. I, I think they're out in six, but you know, we'll see. We'll see if you, if you can get one tonight and steal one and come my, back. My fingers are crossed, but I'm not holding my breath. No, no. You just, you just hope to not go down by two Yeah. in the series and just, just hold serve each game and just make it last a little bit longer. And if you can get it to a game seven, you get it to a game seven. I think that's best case scenario. And then you just see what happens. Because you got the best player in the series. You got maybe the best player in the world. And he's averaging a million points per game in the playoffs for his life. And he's coming off 45-point games. So we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. We'll see what happens Friday. And then I think Sunday they have a day game. And then that might be the only one that I can stay up and watch. God, these late starts are brutal. I the know. Stars had it last night. Mavs. It's every other night. It's brutal. Both 9 of them. PM. I mean, I tried to stay up and I was asleep. I think before they, I think before Charles Barkley even came on TV, <laughs> I think I was asleep. Yeah. Well, the game was pretty much out of hand. So Mavs Suns game two tonight. Hopefully they can even this series. We shall see a good OJ episode. A little, a little juice. Maurice Jones drew. Oh, just a lot of solid running backs, you know. It's some, right. It's right in that window. Some more infamous than others. Huh. Infamous is a good word. <laughs> OJ. <laughs> uh, Marcus Allen. All all the USC running backs ever. <laughs> all of them. All right. Well, that's a good episode. Next week we will be back for episode thirty-three. Joni Machek. I already have a name in mind, but I'll save it, and maybe I'll look up some other ones. Fair enough. All right, until then, 